The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services company organized to help chief marketing officers in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Two W2 Group companies, Digital Influence Group and RacePoint Group, are leaders in social media marketing in both paid and unpaid media. Today I'll be talking about The Mirror Test with Jeffrey Hazlett, author of The Mirror Test, Is Your Business Really Breathing? In this business bestseller, Jeff encourages business owners and managers to ask themselves the tough questions like whether or not their company is alive or willing to make the needed changes to adapt and survive. Jeffrey is also the former CMO of Kodak, where he was responsible for the company's worldwide marketing operations, including the design and execution of all marketing strategies, branding, corporate communications. With Hazlett at the helm of Kodak's marketing and business division initiatives, the company experienced record growth, unveiled revolutionary new products, and become established as a leader in cutting-edge research and product development. With nearly 25 years of experience, Jeff is recognized as one of the most influential chief marketers of his generation and is a sought-after speaker on worldwide business growth, communications, marketing, mobile, and social networking. Jeff has been named a Celebrity CMO by Forbes Magazine and Business to Business Marketer of the Year by B2B Magazine. He is also well-known for his guest appearances on NBC's television show, Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump. You can connect with Jeff on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Jeffrey Hazlett, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Jeff. Hey, it's it's good to have you, and I'm going to start having you write more of my copy to do introductions. (laughs) That was unbelievable. <laughs> well, you, you've, you've quite a bit of accomplishments there, and congratulations on the release of uh, you know the bestseller, of the Mirror Test. I recommend everybody go out and pick up a copy. Can you tell us a bit about what inspired you to write the book? Well, you know, I've always been intrigued as a small business owner because before coming to Kodak, I owned my own businesses, and I still do. I have a number of them, and. And I always looked around for sometimes for people to help me out when I got in trouble. And then I always realized when I looked in the mirror, the guy that was responsible for helping me was staring back at me. <laughs> and and I found out when I got to Kodak as well, when I went to a big company, that the, there were no difference between the problems of small business and big businesses. The only difference really was the zeros, the number of zeros behind the numbers. You know, it was the same if I had 27 employees in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, down on Main Street, or on Wall Street with 27,000 employees. Same opportunities, same issues, same problems. And so I decided that also, you know, when I'm sitting in these big meetings as well, same way it was in my small business, I'd be sitting in a meeting saying, geez, someone ought to do something about this. And I'd look around the room, and then I'd realize it was me. I was responsible. 
And so I decided that we had to, you know, put some questions around this. You know, what are the kind of key questions you need to be asking yourself to see whether your business is breathing? Because if you're not growing, you're dying. What are the different tests business owners should be aware of? Well, I think the first one's proof of life. You know, do you even fog the mirror? You know, when I was at Kodak, when we first joined the company, when I first joined the company, it was like walking up to a body that you'd found, you know, laying down, you know, on the ground. And, and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, they teach you to put a mirror up to the person's mouth to see whether they fog the mirror. And if they fog the mirror, then they're alive. And I think that's what a lot of business owners have to do for themselves. They have to ask either about a product or a service or even the business itself. You know, why are you in the game? You know, are you fogging the mirror? It does it, is it going to grow? Is it going to have the kinds of returns that you want to have happen for yourself? And if, if it is, then you want to proceed. And if it doesn't, don't. You know, I have three simple tests for myself as a business owner or even, even in a major corporation. You know, I want to know, you know, am I going to have fun at it? If I, am I going to grow professionally? And is it going to build wealth for me and my family? And if I have those three things and i got to have all three, then I want to stick with it. If I don't have, you know, all of those three, then I want out, you know. So I think those are some of the – that's the very first question is proof of life. What are some of the challenges you think business managers, no matter the size of their business, are facing when trying to implement the changes? You know, once they've proven they're alive and they have to yeah. make some changes, you know. Yeah, I think, well, the first is mood. I think one of the biggest things you have to make sure is you got the right mood in the company. Do you believe your best days are in front of you, or do you believe your best days are behind you? And if you can't have a good mood, it doesn't make a difference what you do inside the business. You can't, you know, affect change. So in in essence, for a lot of it in, in companies today, we have to have some measure of people being change agents because, you know, a lot of folks want things the same way all the time. Well, you know, I'd like to look like I used to when I was 20, but, you know, I think I actually look better, you know, than <laughs> I did before, you know. So, um, you know, I think what you have to do is, is, is make sure that you've got that mood uh, in the company, that you are a real winner, you can do it, you can make it happen. And if you, and if you can have that mood, I think that's the, the biggest thing that you can proceed with uh, to really start turning the business where you want it to go. You know, one of the issues a lot of managers have is just challenging the status quo at any. Again, no matter the size. Oh, yeah. uh, what what would be your words of wisdom to those managers? Well, the first thing is no one's going to die. Okay, you know, <laughs> there's going to be you know one third of the people are going to get with you right away. One third of them eventually get it. One third never will. And so you always see, you know, it's like running the gauntlet. You know, say that even if you had, you're in charge of of changing it. Me, you've been given the air cover, but it's like being captured by the Shoshone Indians in 1824, and you're a trapper, and they bring you into the tribe, and then they line up everybody in two parallel lines and tell you to run down it, and if and, and they're going to give everybody sticks and knives and stones, and 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 they just beat you to a pulp as you make your way down through the end, and then if you get through it, they say, well, we're going to give you a head start, but we're all going to jump on these horses and chase you down, and that's usually what a change agent, you know, somebody that's been brought on board to make things happen has to go through even when they've been given permission. So you just need to understand it's it's not an easy ride. It's a ride. But in the end, you're going to be successful, but you're just going to have to, to, to ignore all those, you know, those bruises and cuts and, and sticks and pokes that you're going to take along the way because that's just the nature of it. And, and in the end, no one's going to die, even though it might be a little brutal from time to time. 
you know, you're going to get it done, and, and eventually people are going to come around. You just have to be real resilient in your drive to make that happen. My guess is, from a specific example, you must have had a lot to do with dragging Kodak into the digital age. I remember they were my client in the 1990s for PR, and we would go up there, and they were, to Rochester, so entrenched in, in doing things the old way. How did how did a, 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 the wave of innovation and the reality of a, of a digital world really, you know, come to be at Kodak with your help? Well, you, you had to change the perception. You, you're so right. I mean, they thought that they were so entrenched in film. You know, when you ask people, what what is it Kodak does? You know, and I had to put the mirror test into them and really say, look in the mirror and tell me what we really do. And they would say, well, we're a film company. I said, no, you're not a film company. Well, we're, we, we're number one in cameras, so maybe we, we were a camera company. Well, no, you're not. Well, but inkjet printers. We, we make, you know, great inkjet printers, and, and we, we lead that in commercial printing. That's what we're in. And no, you're not. You know, we had the only product that Kodak people would actually run into a burning building to save. And that's at the core of who we were. So I had to go back and remind everybody, look, you know, Kodak's about innovation. Kodak's about bringing new products to life in different ways. I mean, think about, you know, how George Eastman, you know, helped to reinvent photography, you know, and imaging, and that we, you know, we had this, again, this product that people would actually run into a burning building and save. How do we put emotional technology into what we do? That's what we do. And so by convincing people this was our mission, this is what we were, then you didn't get stuck in that we're just a film company or we're just a printing company or we're just a camera company. We're an you know, emotional technology company. We help people make, manage, and move images and information, whether it's in commercial printing or in your personal imaging. That's what Kodak does. And when you start to think at the core, you know, that's who we are. That's our 118, which I call the, the, the elevator pitch, the new elevator pitch. Well, then, then, then it becomes easy to make the transition into digital or make the transition into anything else because then you're all about change. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. I mean, you know, I've talked with some of our other guests before about this uh, concept of creating experience for your customer and that they really feel what you're about. And, you know, obviously Steve Jobs has become almost the guru of that. But it sounds like you're talking about the same thing. How do you create the best experiences for the Kodak customer? Well, I think by doing it, by having... I mean, a brand is nothing, but I get so excited about this, I'm almost about ready to lose my voice, you know. <laughs> you know a brand is nothing but a promise delivered, and the only way you can deliver the promise is by selling people something. Yeah. So by doing, by creating innovative products, by giving them what they want, you know, to make photography as easy to use as a pencil. That's what George Eastman said back in 1888, I think, was the date that he quoted. I mean, give, me, give me a decade or two, but back a far ways. <laughs> And, and that's what he strives to do. So what is it we want to do to help people say share? Because we know that sharing is important to your images. And so by putting share buttons on it, by giving people a pocket video camera for $150 that, that's attractive and doesn't look like something that Soviet shot putters have designed, you know, that's how you do it. That's how you deliver it. That's great. Hey, but, you know, before we take a little short break, I wanted to ask you uh, sort of a, a tangential question. This really isn't about Kodak or, or the mirror test. But, you know, I read in the ad age a few months ago that the uh, fastest growing title in American business is the chief marketing officer. But that said, they said the average uh, life expectancy at a specific job 
for a CMO was somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 to 22 months. Uh, why do you think that, that is, Jeff? <laughs> well, I think it's it's around conditions of satisfaction. First of all, you, you've got to make sure that you're in the C-suite. Just because you have the CMO title doesn't mean that you're in the C-suite. And you know, from, luckily for me, I was one of the top officers at Kodak and reported into the chairman and, and had a seat at the table. That was important for me. Because I said, if I'm not at that table, then then I'm really implementing things that other people want rather than helping direct where it's at. And so it really gets around conditions of satisfaction. And, I, and, and you know, chief marketers really have to be, you know, implementing the strategy, being the chief customer officer and, you know, being the voice of customer but also serving the sales organization. And a, and a lot of marketers forget that. A lot of marketers think they're all about, you know, buzz campaigns. And, you know, I tell my teams at Kodak, you talk, talk to me about building buzz, I buzz yourself out the door. You know, it's about building products. It's about building connections to customers, listening to them and implementing those, and then and then getting the company where it needs to go and implementing the strategy. So I think that's the biggest problem that a lot of CMOs make is that they don't set clear conditions of satisfaction and have a real clear, you know, game plan of what they're trying to get accomplished, and they drive it, and they drive it fast because speed is so critical here. Well, it's so funny. I just finished my fourth book and i summed up the state of business everything's about quality and speed and yeah uh, that's that's a great it's a great way of of, of stating it yeah say we're going to take a short commercial break right now uh from market edge please stand by and we'll be right back with jeff hazlett and more of the conversation this is larry weber market edge will continue in just a moment hey joel com here and i want you to hear something that's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka sound all the time? In my new book, ka How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at ka and I'll give you a ka button for free. All the details are there at ka That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Every affiliate marketer wants to build their own empire. Lavish trips, new cars, fancy threads. You know, be the talk of the town. That's why I found my empire with Empire Media. They work around the clock to customize my campaign. They have the connections, the clout, and the custom offers to monetize my website at every move. My website is measured and monetized to the max thanks to Empire Media. Look up EmpireMedia.com, E-M-P-Y-R-E-Media.com, and find out how fulfilling full-service affiliate marketing can be. Empire Media, reign over your competition. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. 
Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Jeff Hazlett, author of The Mirror Test, Is Your Business Really Breathing?, and also the former Kodak CMO. He's also quite famous over his 25 years of experience from Forbes magazine naming him as Celebrity CMO and B2B magazine naming him Business to Business Marketer of the Year. Jeff, a little different tangent here. How important do you view social media as being when a company is building their 2011 marketing strategy? Well, if you're not doing this and you're a marketer or a business owner, business leader, then you've got to be one of the stupidest people walking on the face of the earth. And I hate to say it like that, but I'm, I'm known as being an outspoken kind of direct person, so that's how I say it. You know, that's the way you know, I'm, a part, I'm a sometimes cowboy, as you, as you and others have described. So that's how we talk out in South Dakota. Just, you know, we just tell it like it is, and, and that's the way I want to say it here. I mean... Social media is like a fax machine. It's a tool. It's just like any other thing. How could you not be doing it? It's probably one of the biggest uses of OPM I've ever seen in my life, and that's other people's money. You know, I actually heard a marketer the other day saying he was going to put most of his budget into social media. I'm going, how? How could you absolutely do that? I mean, it's about listening to your customers, interacting with them, building up a community. This isn't about eyeballs and ears. It's about building hearts and minds. And so social media should be an integral part. It's, it's no, and it's just, it should be just as, as fluent as email, just as fluent as the telephone, just as fluent as it's another tool, mechanism. You know, it's not a destination. It's a way that you do business with people. And so how do you integrate that into your operation and listen to your customers and engage with them and build the community? So it's, it's probably one of the most important things that you've got to have in your business. So, Jeff, uh, I have a company that specializes in helping at the social media engagement and stuff, and we're seeing gradual pickup, you know, into the four or $500,000 projects, et cetera. But a lot of the major brands still are spending billions and billions of dollars on television. In fact, I think uh, Adweek said this year probably $90 billion will be spent on paid television advertising why do marketers and CMOs still hug to that, uh, what I call, old broadcast model? Well, well, see, this is where we might differ. I still think it works. It does work in some things, but it's not just that over everything else. Today, a marketer has got to have a blended campaign. Now, I actually heard somebody, I was in Mexico speaking at the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And someone actually got up and started talking about traditional marketing until it finally dawned on me she was talking about um, online uh, uh, display ads. And <laughs> that was being referred to as traditional advertising, which I yeah, just got a kick out of. <laughs> Whereas I would call it more traditional advertising, broadcast, print, and everything else. But yeah. it's just that's how it shifted. Now, broadcast should be for some brands, not all brands should be a part of your blended campaign, but should not be your only campaign. You know, um, just like, you know, I used to, we used to do commercials until I found out infomercials were better than just commercials, short form and long form. 
and they, they would live a life online as well, and then how could I utilize that and then expand it beyond that? So lots of different ways to do it. But, um, I mean, you have to have a mix of everything. Just like I'm watching people move away from direct mail. You've got to be kidding me. You know, the, the mailbox is still a valuable tool, the, the old-fashioned mailbox, because people still like to get mail. And, and you can do it in a way that makes it stand out above the junk uh, or the trash and make it really stick. Uh, you know, I think we've ruined email, for instance, as a, as a tool because of the way in which people have abused it. And I'm really concerned about where we might go with mobile as well because uh, we've got to be very careful as trust agents on how we utilize that media. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We've had a lot of mobile people on, and this mix of information, advertising, digital couponing, you know, uh, behavioral targeting, uh, we don't want to screw around with it. Like, I agree with you. With the permission-based email should have been a natural uh, in the marketing mix, and, and we really seem to have blown that opportunity. Yep, absolutely. And, it, you know, but it'll come back and with permission-based activity. But, you know, that's why the social media is so important because people will, you know, I'm starting to watch people do more DMs than they do emails to me. Um, you know, I get hundreds of DMs a day. So it's a, it's a, you know, that's through via Twitter. So it's amazing to see the change that's starting to occur. I mean, some some kids now don't do any email; it's all text. Yeah. So you're going to have to learn uh, to utilize different tools, different methods to be able to do it. And getting back to your, you know, your comment about broadcast being old, you've got to find different ways to be able to reach them. Hey, you know, I, I would say that and when I talk about that, and I think that's that's critical, is that. And I think this is what you're really saying, is that we've really moved from a broadcast model to a narrowcast model. And uh, and whatever that tool is to use them, and I could use, you know, broadcast media, meaning television, to get to a narrowcast model. It's just uh, it's a more broader stroke with it, uh, obviously. But, but that's really what we've moved to in, in the last, say, four years, is really from a broadcast model to a narrowcast model. Yeah, I agree with that, and I would add an umbrella as sort of a conversational, um, you know, model or platform. And you know, to that point, I noticed in my notes that uh, you had appointed a chief listening officer while at Kodak. Uh, tell me about that, and would you recommend you know all brands have a position similar to that to monitor and manage, you know, the brand from a, a listening perspective? Yeah, I just, I mean, in small businesses have them. It just happens to be the owner, typically, of a, of a business that does that. <laughs> you know, they also clean the bathrooms and do everything else. You do whatever you have to as a small business owner. But, but I'm saying a big, big company like Kodak, we, you know, we had, a, we were, you know, operating in 140 different countries, tweeting in, you know, 14 different languages. You know, Facebook presence on, you know, 20 some different countries. So you need somebody to act like an air traffic controller. You can't have one person watch all the conversations going on. Oh, I got as much going on in the U.S. as they got going in China or in, in, in Brazil. So you've got to have somebody who acts like an air traffic controller to help get the systems in place so you have an organized fashion. You know, I organized the social media teams like, say, a blogging very much like a newspaper does. I've got a, a publisher, and then my publisher is in charge of the governance rules, and that was my corporate communications team. And so he, he, would make, he and his team would make sure that they had rules around how we do our blogs just to give guidelines. And then my chief blogger happened to be like the chief editor. And then we had other bloggers who then, you know, blogged in. So we had kind of a policy because I didn't want to sit there and watch every single blog that came across and okay it or not. But you want to give guidelines for that. And the same thing the chief listener does. So, 
you know, when, it, when I have somebody like an air traffic controller and route conversations into the sales teams, route them into customer service, get them routed into uh, the marketing team so that they can come up with new ideas for products or new features and functionalities. And, and, and you know, again, listen to the customer because that's what, you know, marketing is supposed to be doing is providing that voice to the customer. So that's what, and then the deploy tools like Radian 6 and, uh, you know, socialize your stuff and, um, you know, maybe mar- uh, mobile marketing stuff from MWISE or whatever it might be, that's what we would we typically have that person do so that they can, you know, utilize those tools so that the team can can uh, make some hay with it. Hey, speaking of that, you know, I, I think the last time I checked you had nearly or maybe you're over 27,000 followers on Twitter. I mean, that's just astounding. And the fact that you've become an established personality, in my view, it seems inevitable that you're going to be linked to Kodak for some time. And I know that's fine, but how okay. should brands go about distinguishing themselves from a personality that maybe represented them previously? Well, but Kodak is going to, it's got other personalities, and they're going to have more. I mean, the brand itself. But aren't companies made up of people? In fact, in my book, The Mirror Test, I actually talk about this because, you know, Forbes magazine, there was a big headline that says, you know, he's all the range on uh, online, but is he doing more for himself than he is for his company? Right. I didn't like the headline, hated it, didn't like the lead-in question. But in the end, it said, no, he's doing more. You know, it's, he's the celebrity CMO, but he's actually out there promoting the company and he's promoting himself at the same time. My belief is sell you, sell yourself, sell the company. And I don't know that you can differentiate. I think people associate not just products, but they associate with the people who sell those products. And think of a good salesperson. You know, you, you got a good salesperson who builds and develops a great relationship with the customer, but yet that person might go on. You still got to protect yourself by building great products. So Kodak builds great products and delivers great services. People aren't going to, you know, not go to Kodak because I left the company, you know. Um, they're going to continue to go to the company because the company's great. All I was was a voice for that, you know, uh, a face for that company for that period of time. I mean, I made our batteries look sexy because of the way I look, you know. So, you know, that's that was a joke, okay. <laughs> but you know, my, that's my point. Is that you know the company lives on because of the products and services, and you're just using people to be able to do it. So you want to encourage as many people as possible, not just one, to be active on social media. Then you won't have that problem. Hey, how about a little lightning round here for for the future, for our okay. listeners? Uh, what do, what do you see? You know, two three years out, social media and it's uh, as it evolves. What what kind of what do you see, if you know, in your crystal ball? And also, subsequently, what do you see search's role becoming in the marketing mix in the next two, three years? Well, I think search is going to be more predictive in terms of uh, of anticipating my needs based on my behavior. So I think there'll be a lot more behavior. And then I think there'll be a great deal of search being done around location. So where I'm at and the time I'm at. You know, I now I want... I want services to feed me information based on where I'm at so that based on what I like. And so we're going to find out that. We're going to have to find that that happy medium uh, to make it more preference based on the things I want when, okay? So I think it'll get much smarter about that, and I think we'll love that. Just like when I walk into a restaurant, I want to have my favorite drink waiting for me or my favorite table because they know what I like. Everybody loves that. Can't tell me people don't love that. They love to be pampered and they love to have that kind of attention. I think we'll get that. 
I think they'll, uh, on the, on the uh, social media side, more, 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 and more. I, and I don't think they'll be huge dominant players. I think there'll be lots of fragmented players that a lot of people participate for different things for different ways that they want to be reached and they want to interact with their community. So there'll be more. It won't be just a Twitter. There'll be different kinds of Twitters. There'll be different kinds of Facebooks. And I think that's going to continue to grow. So I guess you're also a proponent of then of this uh, the the four square idea out of New York City the uh, the whole location where where is everybody? <laughs> well, I think for for some people that's great. I typically I have I done four square absolutely. Have I do do I live it every breathe it? No, I don't want to be mayor of my own hot tub for much less mayor of some <laughs> uh, fictitious meeting or whatever it might be. So. Um, and, and, and if I do get a mayor, I'm certainly will be overthrown fairly quickly, just just by my friends and my family. But you know, it, it's it. Yeah, I think people are going to want to be associated in a way of finding different people. I don't know that I want to broadcast that to everybody. So um, you know, just like I am, I have my own private Facebook account for me and my really my family, mostly for my family and a few close friends. And then I have a fan book page that's more of a you know thing for a celebrity kind of thing for as an author and so forth. But you know you just do it for different reasons, and you're going to find different ways that 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 are exciting for you. Hey, you know, I don't Mr. like you know I don't typically do the Foursquare stuff and uh, as much just because I don't want I don't I don't want to be solicited to, and so therefore I don't do it. But I do I participate in it? Yeah, I watch what's going on. I'm there. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're, we're starting to run down out of time but i'm sure our audience would love to know you know what are you what are you up to in the next year are you working on another book are you uh what kind of projects what's what's uh what's jeff hazlett going to be doing uh you know this next 12 months well i hopefully i get to take a rest but it, it doesn't seem to be happening because I'm, I'm out speaking talking about marketing everywhere right now doing a ton of keynotes and and going to be doing a lot more in the future and i've got some new programs coming out around trust marketing, because I think trust marketing is going to be a very big key, key theme, uh, and talking about being a change agent. Um, obviously, I've been a change agent at Kodak. I've been a change agent at most of the companies I've, I've been working with over the last number of years, and that's what I love to do as a, you know, as a sometimes cowboy, marketing cowboy out there. And so uh, I've got a new book coming out that will be around that topic. Uh, working on it right now. Just just submitted it to, the, to our publisher and to my agent to, to go get it sold. So that looks pretty good. And then I suspect uh, I might be doing a lot more television. You know, with a face that looks like this, it just got to get up there on the big screen. So we'll be doing <laughs> a little bit more of that. Just if nothing else but to scare everybody else. I mean, that's it's just amazing. Maybe I'll, I'll launch it during the Halloween week. But I, we're working with some people on developing a, a primetime show, and, it, and, it, and it's starting to look pretty good. Well, I urge everybody in the audience to Google Jeffrey Hazlett, and click on the image so that we can see this beautiful face. You know. So. <laughs> well, thank you. My mother would love that. My mother would love it. Hey, Jeffrey Hazlett, uh, former CMO of Kodak, but more importantly, thought leader, author of the great book, The Mirror Test. Uh, thanks so much for doing what you do. We marketers really uh, admire people like you. Well, thanks, and I encourage everybody to go out there and, and make it happen and, and get stuff done because uh, look in the mirror. The person responsible is you, and that's your mirror test. Thanks, Jeff, and thanks, everyone in the audience, for listening to today's conversation. Visit webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on any Tuesday to tune in to new episodes of Market Edge. 
I'm Larry Weber. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Till next time.